Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Brothers and sisters, welcome. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. Glad to be with you for a time of prayer and reflection on the scriptures. Thank you for joining me. I hope you join me every day for these and bring others with you. You can leave your prayer intentions in the comments. We'll all pray for one another as we come now into the presence of the Lord and of his word. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, we approach your word on our knees with reverence of heart, submission of mind, eagerness of heart, a heart to receive what you have to teach us. We know that every day, Lord, as we go to your word, there is always something new that you want to teach us. Never do we get to the end of the riches, the treasures that are in the scriptures. Never do we reach the end. There is always more of yourself that you give us because truly we are encountering you in your word. Let us do so therefore always with humility, attentiveness, always with repentance of our sins, which we renew today, always with the readiness to forgive others, which we also renew, always with the determination to follow and serve you. May we understand your word more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading today is from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Unlike Cain, who belonged to the evil one and slaughtered his brother. Why did he slaughter him? Because his own works were evil and those of his brother righteous. Do not be amazed then, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If someone who has worldly means sees a brother in need and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? Children, let us love not in word or speech, but in deed and truth. Now this is how we shall know that we belong to the truth and reassure our hearts before him in whatever our hearts condemn. For God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Christmas is truly a pro-life feast. And these readings from the first letter of John that we've been having all week are truly pro-life reflections. For all for a very simple reason. They are reflections on the incarnation. They are reflections on Almighty God, the eternal spirit that fills the universe, becoming an unborn baby. They are reflections in God taking humanity and showing what he thinks about human life by raising it up 
to his very presence, to share his very nature. This is a pro-life feast. This is a pro-life season. And so many passages of this reading, and I'll briefly touch on, on a number of them, reinforce for us in such a powerful way our pro-life commitment. Let me go right to the, to the heart of it here. If someone who has means sees a brother in need and doesn't help, closes his heart, how can the love of God remain in him? In him. In other words, you see somebody in need of food, clothing, shelter. You see the poor, right? And help them somehow. You have to help them. And who is more in need than a little baby, more defenseless than anyone else, about to have his or her life taken from them? Scheduled to be brought to a clinic to be dismembered. Who's more in need than that? You take away somebody's life, you know that's worse than robbing their bank account. It's worse than stealing their car. It's even worse than, than uh, attacking them physically. You, 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 you're about to take away everything from them. Everything. Because everything they have or they're going to have depends on being alive. If anyone has worldly means, sees a brother in need, and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? So if we, if we know these, and we do, we know these babies are, are scheduled to be killed. We know that abortion facilities are functioning across our country. Though, praise God, in many states they've eliminated all the abortion facilities. But we know these babies are in need. If we refuse to help them by speaking up, by helping pregnancy centers or praying in front of the abortion mills or doing something to convince people not to kill these babies. If we don't do any of that, the question here that the scripture presents to us is not just what will happen to the babies. We know that they're going to die. That's bad enough. But actually the question he's posing here is what happens to us? Can God's love survive in us if we fail to help these babies? And the answer is no, it can't. Can God's love survive in us if we fail to help our neighbor in need? It cannot. Because the love of God and the love of neighbor are connected. Jesus says the first commandment, love the Lord your God. The second, love one another. They go together. They're deeply related. One cannot survive without the other. And that's an important aspect of the pro-life message. You know, we always talk about pro-life as a, not just as a cause or a movement or a philosophy or a political position, but as a, a spirituality. As a spirituality, God, His love abiding in us is dependent on our responding to the person in need. And again, no one is in greater need than the unborn. And they don't even know that they're in need. And this, this evokes another gospel passage, Luke 14, when he says, you know, when you have a banquet, invite the poor and the needy, those who cannot repay you. You should be happy because of that, because you'll be repaid in the resurrection. It's showing that the love that we have for unborn babies is the most unselfish kind of love, because they're not going to be congratulating us. or What can they give us, right? But 
Sometimes people do good to somebody else, especially if it's a wealthy person. You know, uh, a lot of the bishops fall into this trap. Oh, I'm going to be nice to so-and-so. I'm going to listen to so-and-so. I'm going to pretend to care about so-and-so because they can give me all a million dollars. Yeah, would, you, would you get off that track, please? That, that's not sincerity. And sometimes, you know, on a lesser scale, it's a give and take, right? People do good to one another because they're expecting some to do good for them or expecting some recognition or applause. But what can the unborn give us? That's why so many of these people don't care about the unborn because the unborn can't give them anything. Jesus says you should be happy that they can't. That's when your father really pays attention to the good that you're doing. Okay, so... Here's the other key verse in this passage. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us. The best symbol of love is not the heart, it's the crucifix. It, the, the, the passion of Christ redefines the word love. He laid down his life for us so that what? So that we might live. This is my body given for you. John says that's not just something we receive. That's something that calls us forth. That's something that obliges us. It's not just a gift. It's an obligation. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us. So we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. What's the ultimate call of our pro-life conviction? It's not just to know about the unborn, to speak up for them intervene for them, pray for them, witness for them outside an abortion clinic, help their moms in a pregnancy center. What's the ultimate call? To lay down our lives for them. Now you support the unborn, you're going to be treated like them. You're going to be rejected. And ultimately, if you take that far enough, you could end up being destroyed like they're destroyed. We are to lay down our lives. And people don't even want to inconvenience themselves by posting a pro-life message on social media or clergy giving a little mention, I don't know, maybe about abortion in one of their homilies. We don't even want to inconvenience ourselves, much less lay down our lives for one another. You know, in the early Christian church, it was said, see how they love one another, right? The pagans would look at the Christians, see how they love one another. But there was another part to that verse, that saying that, that often doesn't get quoted, because it went on to say, and see how they lay down their lives for one another. Right from the first letter of John. That's our call. You want to know what the next thing is that you need to do in pro-life or how far you should go? Take it from this verse here. That's our pro-life strategy right there. We ought to lay down our lives. That's when the world takes notice. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. When we love... When we protect these defenseless, we have life. We have life. We, we show that we belong to God. The one who kills shows that they belong to the evil one. And that's the division between the two kingdoms of life and of death. Kingdom of Christ, kingdom of the world. Who, to whom do we belong? It's all revealed in how we love our neighbor. If we kill our neighbor, we're not loving them. We do not belong to God. We belong to the evil one. Now again, those who actually do have abortions, we're not saying they're lost forever. 
they are urgently invited by Christ Jesus while there is still time prior to his return, they are urgently invited by Christ Jesus to repentance. And we invite them. I'm the pastoral director for Rachel's Vineyard, Silent No More. These, these, these healing ministries so that we can indeed forsake the works of death and pass, as this reading says, we pass from death to life because we love our brothers. Praise God. Love one another has a very specific meaning, doesn't it? It's not just a platitude. It's not just a label we put on whatever it is that we want to do. No, it contains, it has a content, and it contains always certain actions, and it always prohibits certain other actions, like abortion. Let's let this reading, let's let this whole celebration of the Incarnation inflame our pro-life passion and conviction and enable us truly to lay down our lives for our unborn brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for these clear and powerful lessons from St. John's first letter. We are to lay down our lives. We are to pass from death to life because we love. We are to have compassion on those that we can help. No one needs our help more than these unborn children. We ask you, Lord, in our prayer today, bless the entire pro-life movement, those who are speaking and writing, educating, broadcasting, preaching, those who are doing research, those who are electing candidates, those who are passing laws. Lord, there's so many different things that so many people are doing. Enable us to do it and to do it well. Strengthen us in this great cause. Bless all those, too, who have had abortions. Let them know that they, too, can still pass from death to life. By loving even the child that they fail to love, but that now they can embrace as you yourself embrace that child in eternity. But hear and answer all our other prayers, Lord God. Meet our, all our other needs. Show us your constant love and compassion. We pray for one another at this moment. We pray for our nation. And we sum up our prayers now in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We pray to our Heavenly Mother, Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining me. Join me again tomorrow. God bless you, and let's keep in close touch as we continue this battle for life. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. 
Together, we need to change that. And today, I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor, or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.